for tuning in to the 363rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via, going to have Chris Critton on the show, going to talk some college football, Michigan football, college football playoffs. NFL, the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, Matt Patricia, his torture history as a Lions fan. We At the end of the conversation, we talk about QBs in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Um, and we get into Matthew Stafford. Uh, Chris has a little bit of a rant about Stafford. So very interesting indeed. But before we get to that conversation, I want to say this. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc., Check on the descriptions for the timestamps, specifically on Spotify. Click on the timestamp, and we'll send you automatically to that part of the podcast. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Daryl Lane. I post three to five minute clips of this podcast, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. Follow me on Twitter, at NightTrain underscore Lane. And lastly, if you have Apple or if you have iTunes, to give me five stars and a great review for some odd reason. If you don't like the podcast, then don't say anything, because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And coming up next, out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Chris Critton, host of the Average Sports Guy podcast. Coming up next, out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Chris Critton with us, host of the Average Sports Guy podcast and Real Game with Crit and Chen. How you doing, Chris? Doing good, dude. How you doing? I'm doing good. I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a long time. How, how's the family doing? How's everybody doing? <laughs> I know. It's been a while. Everyone's good, man. Everything is all good. You know, status quo. Keep, uh, every, you know, keep going every day. Same thing, man. Just uh, excited to get, you know, sports. I mean, season up. You got NFL playoffs coming. College football playoffs. Basketball is finally going to, you know, college basketball will be heating up soon. We can pay attention to NBA with Christmas Day coming up. So it was exciting time, man. Would you say you're more of a college football guy or an NFL guy? I would say college. I was a college football fan before I was an NFL fan, so I think I would say college. So then we can start with college then. So... Michigan, you're a big Michigan fan. I know you have you've you you've had criticisms. Is that a fair word to say? Criticisms of the Harbaugh era. Is that not a fair statement? Uh, criticism they give it like yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Several. Has Harbaugh won you back at all? Is he out of the doghouse with you, Chris? Uh, he's out of the doghouse. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving him a slight pass. See what he did this year was really good. Being Ohio State, I mean. So did he win you back after the Ohio State blowout, or was it like after Iowa where you were like, okay, okay, let, let me lay off the guy? Ohio State was the start of it, and then Iowa was the clincher because you couldn't go to you know the Big Ten Championship game after beating after beating Ohio State and then lose to Iowa. So I think, um, you know, after they beat Iowa, I was like, okay, you got a big 10. It took him seven years, but it's what he came in to do. So, uh, you know, got it done. When you look at this, I think it's really interesting. To start the year, this Michigan team wasn't ranked, I believe. Nobody gave them a chance. I mean, they finished, like, what, like fourth in the Big Ten East last year? Like, it wasn't very good. Teams like Indiana finished ahead of them. Uh, Everybody's obviously... Picking Ohio State to win the Big Ten as they do with every every year. You see, 
uh, if you're going to kind of compare common opponents, you see how they just thrashed Michigan State. Uh, they thrashed Purdue. I mean, like, Ohio State's going on this tour of just destroying all these teams. And then Michigan, right? You know, tough loss to Michigan State. Maybe a game they shouldn't have won, couldn't close the deal. Tough battle with Penn State, right? And then it comes to a head in the rivalry game, and they just take it to Ohio State. How shocked were you in real time? Because it's been the other way for so long. Um, I was shocked. I, I, I had. I mean, I was so excited because it's been so long since we beat Ohio State, and then that wasn't like just like a winning of a fluke. That was like a complete, like wire to wire victory. They led from the. They led the well, they didn't lead the entire game, but I mean, they led. Ohio State they get a ten seven lead, and Michigan came back, and they led from that point on. So, um, I would say going back to the start of the season, I, I thought they'd probably be eight. I actually know I thought it'd be six and six, seven and five at best. Well, maybe eight and four at the best. But I, I did say that not trying to hedge bets or anything, but I did say that this team may have a chance to be good simply because every other Michigan team always comes in ranked and they're not good. You know, they come in overhyped, they come in, you know, with all the hype, and then they fall flat on their faces and they're not even damn good. So I I thought that maybe this team could fly in the radar a little bit, surprising people. And be good, and that's that's very true. Harbaugh, you know, from all the from everything you read, everything you hear, he's changed a lot. He's more open. He listens to people more. Um, he brought you know brought in some former players on the staff, some younger guys on the staff to help recruiting. So I think all of that, you know, combined helps. He has a really good defensive com uh, defensive end combo and David Ojabo and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, which helps. We always have good players that helps, you know, and. Um, I'll say just the thing with this team has really just been found under, under the radar. And even the seniors from the 2018 class, and this has been coming out lately, that 2018 class was no good and the 2018 class was bad. But you look at that class, you had Aiden Hutchins was in that class. You had Hassan Haskins in that class. You had, um, I think Vincent Bill was in that class. You had a lot of good guys uh, come out of that class that ended up being really good for Michigan. And that was a class that wasn't supposed to be any good. So. I think the theme of this team has just been flying on the radar and, and avoiding hype. So um, it's been good. And, and like I said, the Ohio State game was like, I mean, that was like, I I, I still, I still like I watch the highlights because it's just so fun to see. But it, it, it's just, I didn't expect it. I think I just, I thought that they had a chance to win. They had to play really great. Obviously, they put out of their minds that day. So I thought they had a really good chance to win. I uh, no, no. I mean, like, not envision that happening, but, you know, got it done, so, all in Georgia now. Why do you think people underrated this team so much but, uh, going into the beginning of the year? I mean, they had a lot of question marks. You know, it was year seven of Harbaugh. He had just took a pay cut. You know, he was making $8 million, Now he's making $4 million with the census. He just took a pay cut. Everyone's thinking that he's going to have a bad year. He's going to get fired. He's not going to be back at the school next year. He's just a placeholder for the next coach. The quarterback situation hasn't been figured out. You know, last year Joe Milton started. He was a disaster. He got he transferred to Tennessee. Okay, Matthew Rebel started. You had five star JJ McCarthy, um, who everyone said it would maybe JJ would take the job. You know, who would have between Kate and JJ? Kate, both of them are improving. So Kate gets the job, but he doesn't seem like the greatest passer. So then it's style question of offensive weapons. Like we, I think we knew that the running backs would be good because it's not Haskins again. Going back to being underrated. No one ever talked about Hassan Haskins, but he was, last year was the best back. Even before that, he was probably the best back. And even before that. So um, that was a part of it. That's the only really known they had on offense. Every other off skill position, receiver, they knew Ronnie Bell was good, but who was going to step up outside of Ronnie Bell? Offensive line had question marks. They had new starters. Defense, they had a new first year defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, who's been pretty good so far. Um, so there were just a lot of questions, and I think that's why everyone's underrated this team. Because I don't even know if you can say underrated, because they had a lot of questions that had to be answered. They had to prove that they were good. And this team, unlike other teams that Harvard's had in the past, when they get punched in the mouth, they don't fold. And that's the one thing that I, that I really liked about this team that they have a toughness about them. And I think that they, and I think having this tough team and having so many young guys get playing time is good for the program going forward because they see that when they get punched in the mouth, it's okay. They're not going to fold. They got punched. I mean, record gave them a shot. They survived that. Um, they, they were able to improve the passing game after Ronnie Bell got injured at the beginning of the, in the first game of the season against Western. They um, 
you know, they answered that bell. They had a guy step up a receiver. They, 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 they're leading that Michigan State. You know, Michigan State started to fight back. Michigan still fights back. And they lost the game, but Michigan didn't lay down. They still fought back no matter how many times Michigan State punched back. Uh, Penn State, they almost blew the game, but they made the play to end the game to, you know, come out on top. So I think going back to the initial question is that I don't think they were underrated. I think people didn't talk about them because they had so many question marks and they were able to answer them and do them pretty well this season. Do you think that, because it's really interesting to see kind of how Ohio State seemed to take a step back to the pack this year and Michigan kind of went up. Do you think we're going to see these two programs be more even, let's say, the next two, three, four, five years? Or do you think this is more that Michigan's just on a high and Ohio State's kind of just on the low? That's the big question that we can see how does Michigan follow it up. Because even if you go down to Columbus and lose next year, which I you know, don't want them to lose, but even if you go down and lose, you have to have, it has to be a tight game. You know, Michigan this year, they put a lot of emphasis on the Ohio State game. I mean, they have posters around the building. And, and it's what they never did. They never embraced it like they should have under Harbaugh, which is always an indictment on him. He always says it's a regular game. No, it's not a regular game. They don't treat it like a regular game. They, they don't let you say Michigan doing all the Michigan, 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 Ohio State week. You can't say the word Michigan. They use letter M. They hate you. You didn't take that same aggression they had against you and use it towards them. I think they finally did it this year, and it helped them out a lot. And Ohio State probably took it, you know, a little bit for granted, but. Um, that's the big question. I think if Michigan channels, that's uh, twofold, twofold. The guys that are playing this year is really good, and the, the young guys, because you're going to lose some on defense, but the guys you're losing, you actually have a lot, a lot of young freshmen and sophomores playing, which are going to help you, you know, experience playing those big moments, knowing about the rivalry. And those guys, freshmen don't know any law, they, they, they haven't lost Ohio State. So, with that being said, I think it can be a little more even over the next few years. Simply because Michigan this year took it seriously, and they if they continue that same, just because they beat them, they can't stop it. So you got they they came up with a beat Ohio drill, a nine on seven drill, the toughest that they do every day. You got to keep that same aggression. You got to keep the same drill. You can't stop it. You got to keep the posters around the building. What are you doing to beat Ohio State today? Everything that you did for that game, you have to keep it. I know you know for the next for going forward in the rivalry, you can't you can't stop it. If, if they continue to do that. I think the rivalry would be a little bit more even. But they go back to the same way it was, Ohio State would go back to dominating. And that's interesting for me to hear you say that. So, Jim Harbaugh wasn't saying it's a, you know, a regular game. But, like, this is a guy that, like, he's a Michigan man. Like, he went to school there. Like, he grew up in the rivalry. Like, that just, yeah. that's crazy to me that he'd be like, it's a regular game. If anybody would know that it's not a regular game, wouldn't it be him? That's what I'm saying, and I, I was lost myself. I, I didn't understand why it was just quote or another just a regular game, but it's not. Like this is a, this is the biggest game of the year. It's a rivalry game. They hate shooting. They hate them just as much. He brought back Mike Hart, who's you know running back at Michigan. He knows about the rivalry. Ron Bellamy was a former receiver at Michigan. He knows about the the, the um he knows about the rivalry. So I think um, having those former players in the room to kind of to kind of you know emphasize the hardball. Like, look. It's, this is not just a regular game being taken seriously, and that that paid dividends this year. So it was crazy to hear that, you know. And you you can even hear players when they talk. You know, it's just another game. No, it's not just another game. You can't treat that game like a regular game. You have to treat that game like the rivalry game that it is. There's just no other way around it. Yeah, I completely agree with you with that. And I do think it's a credit to Harbaugh that it seems like, right, he has changed some things. And, like, you know, there's a saying, like, adapt or die, it seemed he's chosen uh, the easier form in terms of adapting and maybe changing his style. Which I do think that is something he should get a lot of credit for. Because there are a lot of coaches who are like, it's my way, it's my way, it's my way. But sometimes you need to realize, okay, this isn't working, I need to change, I need to be better. Yeah, and um, I think he realized, like, dang, I'm going to wait. Now we'll see. <laughs> When he gets his contract extension, that he stays the same guy, he goes back to being himself. You know, but if this is the new Harbaugh, you know, he may be able to stick on a little bit longer and be have some success. You know, you can't do it on your own. You gotta let guys. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be able to control everything, man. You know, successful programs they run because they have input from a lot of the guys. Especially when you're not Alabama, who just has the best players all the time and have Nick Saban running stuff. You gotta be able to take criticism. You gotta be able to take suggestions from other people. And the fact that he's opened up and he's reached out and tried to connect more to players. You see, 
this team, like, I don't, I'm not in the locker room every day, you know, I'm not in practice. When we look on social media, the entire team is like, you know, they're, they're friends. Like, if you look at, I mean, it's, you know, the teammates, but they still hang out. You know, you see, um, you just check on Instagram, you see, you know, wide receivers hanging out with DBs or D-linemen hanging out with um, the receivers, you know, and, and that's, that's how um, it should be on a team. And it seems like this team is a lot tighter. It's a lot closer. Even when you watch, you know, when the um, the subs are in the game, toward the end of the game, the starters are right there on the sideline cheering them on. The starters are right there, you know, on their faces, you know, wanting to do well. So I think that Harbaugh reaching out and trying to get, you know, more in tune with his players and connect more with them has also made an impact on everyone else in the in the program and has helped the, the players, you know, have more camaraderie and have more chemistry than they had in the past. How much of a chance do you give them against Georgia? I think they're really good chance to beat Georgia. I do. Um, Georgia's favorite, I understand. Um, and, and for rightfully so, Georgia should be favorite. But I think that Michigan, uh, you know, defensively they do enough. They have the game records in Hutchinson and Ajabo who are going to attack you on the edge. They're relentless. They're going to keep going 100%, 100 miles an hour all day, every day. Um, and I think that right there is the key in his game. Stetson Bennett, you know, he's, he's been good. I, I'm not, you know, trying to get all the dog fans riled up, but look at Hudson, Hudson, Stetson Bennett. I'm sorry, Stetson Bennett. Uh, looking at his big games, he hasn't performed well, and it's just the truth. Against Florida last year, he didn't perform well. Against um, Alabama this year, he didn't perform well. And I think the, against Alabama last year, he didn't perform well. Uh, so, <laughs> there's something to it. There, I think there's something to Stetson Bennett with things. You know, you make him uncomfortable, and Michigan has the edge, which make him uncomfortable. When you make him uncomfortable, you know, he he isn't the same guy. And I don't think Michigan has the skill players that Alabama does, obviously. Well, I don't think they don't. So, to, to be able to take advantage of um, Alabama, you know, to be able to abuse Georgia like that defensively, but they do have enough. They have a, a power run game. Gonna be a good matchup to see Georgia's defensive line against Michigan's offensive line. Both teams units have performed really well this year. Georgia has a lot of speed, so we'll see. Michigan can, can draw up to get their skill players AJ Henning, Blake Chrome to get them in space and create you know mismatches for them um, in the field. So, I mean, Kay McNamara, he's not the greatest quarterback, but the dude's tough. He 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 does not fall when he, I mean, you you can call him a game manager all you want, and between the two. K in the big moments has made some really good throws, has been really gutty, good performances. He's not perfect, but he does enough to get the job done. He's sprinkling with JJ McCarthy, JJ McCarthy that's more arm strength. It's, it's, it's going to be a good game. I really think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a fun watch. It's going to come down to the end. And whichever team can can, can stay away from the mistakes is it's probably going to be the winner in this game. Um, and we'll see if, if Georgia decides to go to JT Daniels as a quarterback. I don't think they're going to. I think they're probably going to ride with Stetson. And I think that's what makes Kirby comfortable. When you look at previously, you know, to Jake Fromm, not a Stetson Bennett, he likes guys that make him comfortable. Not necessarily a guy that may be a little bit more risky. And even, honestly, I'll even say with JT Daniels, I've never, at Georgia at least, in a big-time spot. He hasn't had a lot, but Clemson this year, he had, well, they didn't even score a touchdown. And I just I just don't know if he's necessarily the answer to in the big spots. But I'm going to find out. You know, it's going to. Just you know, you know, just put up a shut up time. And I told all the uh, Georgia fans, I'll say this real quick. I told them last week, don't write a check you can't cash. Y'all brought up the wrong tree, say Alabama's done, Alabama's you know not good, and then you gonna blow them out one by touchdowns. I was at work that day. The Georgia fan of Alabama said, I, I said, I said to the Alabama fan, I said, and Georgia said they they've been coming here all day, said they're gonna beat y'all. She said, yeah, I know, I hear it, I ain't worried about it. And the guy next to me, Georgia fan, I, he said, I guarantee Georgia wins by double digits. I said, no. I think Georgia wins. I think this team is a little more mentally tough, which they didn't prove to be last Saturday. But I do. I, if it's going to be a close game, there's no way they blow Alabama out. And well, we see Alabama was a lot blue Georgia out. So I'm looking forward to the playoff game. It's going to be really fun to watch. And I do think this is interesting too with JT Daniels. What is the deal with JT Daniels at Georgia? They brought him in to be the starter, right? Like, well, what's Kirby Smart's infatuation with Stetson Bennett? I don't understand that. Well, JT, um, he was there. You know, he was a starter. He got injured. And then 
Stetson came in, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't lose. And it's the same thing that happened with Jacob Eason and Jake Fromm. Eason was a starter. Eason got injured. And then Fromm never lost. And they just kept rolling with the hot end. So, but it gets to a point where, unless JT... I guess to a point where you can't switch it. And I think Kirby crossed the line where he couldn't switch it, whether JT was hurt or JT was just, you know, kind of hesitant about going back out there because he didn't want to get hurt, looking towards the future. One of those three things is, is what happened, and I think Kirby just got set with Stetson Bennett at quarterback and said, you know what, we're not losing. And and I they weren't really playing anybody worth note. So Stetson was looking really, you know, he was looking good. Until he played Alabama, and then he didn't look so good. So, uh, you know, JT, you're right. He was brought in to be the starter, but he won't be there next year whether he goes to the NFL or he transfers. But Stetson, I think Stetson can come back next year. But they had Brock Vandergriff coming in. They had Gunnar Stockton. So, I mean, you got to load a quarterback room. I, I don't know how that plays out in the future. But, um, I guess my thing, too, is in terms of Stetson Bennett being the hot hand, was he really the hot hand or the defense was hot? I mean, if your defense is given up, I think the most points they gave up till Alabama was 17 to Tennessee. If the, the most points your defense ever gives, gives up is 17, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks in the country can work with that. Uh, I agree. That's, <laughs> I mean, but Stetson was making some throws that made everyone fall in love. He, and he wasn't, he wasn't making bad decisions. But, again, they weren't playing great defenses until he played a good defense and someone that, you know, take advantage of his um his limitations and then you see what happens. So I agree, but if you if you got a quarterback that's not making mistakes and you're winning games, are you really gonna bench him? How can you how can you bench him? And he and he's still going. He works hard and I think Kirby, you know, has maybe has a soft spot for those guys that come in and work hard and do what they're supposed to do, but he's Jake Tom again. Like it's it's gonna be hard to win a national championship with a guy like that. Um, and Stetson not even as good as Jake Fromm was. Jake Fromm, you know, did his job, but and I'm not knocking. Right I mean, Jake Stetson Fromm did his job, but they probably they should have went with Fields. Well, that's a whole different story. But <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, one guy wins, but the other guy's just clearly better. Yeah, but you know, Stetson can come on light Michigan on fire, but he still got that beast in Denver, and that's why I say. I, and if I say I don't know if they can win a championship with Stetson Bennett, because they can they can beat Michigan maybe with him, but they're not beating Alabama again with Stetson Bennett. So. But you've gotten to the point where JT hasn't played since, what, September now? So, he doesn't have any flow. you got practice, but practice isn't a game. So, you're going to throw him in the game now that he hasn't played since September? I think Kirby mismanaged that as well. When he was healthy, he should have gotten in the game in the second half of those games where they were blowing teams out. But he rolled with Stetson. So, now I think he's stuck with him. You can't go back to JT all of a sudden now. I mean, you could, I guess, but I don't know if he's going to happen. Because even last week, like, I think Kirby has made his decision. Stetson had just threw a pick six. Now it's perfect time, perfect time to throw JT in the game to get some reps, see what he has, see if he's ready to go. If not, you go back to Stetson for the, the playoff. But he didn't do it. So now you're going to throw him in there in a, in a big moment in the playoff? I don't know. I mean, it worked for it worked for Nick Saban and Tua, but I don't think JT Daniels is Tua. So uh, it may not work out the same. So it sounds like you're saying Bam is the favorite in this. So you favor Bama kept, overall? I kept, telling, I, I kept, kept telling everyone they're still Alabama. It's one is one thing to say they're not good. It's one thing to say you can't beat them. It's it's, it's one thing to say all oh, of that, guys. It's still Alabama. It's still Nick Saban. They still have more talent than everyone. They can still flip the switch and, and get it right. And, and we've seen it. And so yeah, it's, it's Alabama gets to go. And right now, I had to go Alabama. I don't. I don't. Georgia can't beat them. I'm sorry. And I know what you're gonna say. It's hard to beat a team twice. Well. Georgia has never Georgia hasn't beaten Alabama under Nick Saban, so you, I was supposed to believe they're gonna do it now, just because you can't beat the team twice. No, they're not. They don't show me anything that's gonna say they're gonna beat them. They had Alabama on the ropes several times. We go, we go back to the national championship game. They had them on the ropes. They had them on the ropes in the SEC championship game. They couldn't do it. Now they come back again, and this is quote Bama's weaker team, and they have blown out by 17 points. Not happening. I'm sorry. Well, I, I'd even go as far to tell you as if. If Georgia's defense is going to give up 30 points, they will never beat Alabama. They can play each other. They can play Alabama 10 straight times. If Alabama's getting to 30 every time, Georgia will never beat them. That game's going to, Alabama's, they're going to have to hold Alabama under 20 if they're going to beat, beat them. I mean, Georgia's going to have to hold Alabama under 20. Can Georgia get to 20? That's the problem. The defense can hold them, but can Georgia get that themselves? Like, I mean, I don't think they can get to 30. Maybe they can get to 20. Maybe. I don't think they're getting to 30. I don't think they can get to 20. 
between, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would say, say this. They got to reform what they were doing. Stetson's not a... But see, when you fall behind, that's what happens. And you force Stetson to do what he's not... Stetson shouldn't be, you know, swinging it against Bryce Young. He shouldn't be. You know, you should be running the ball, controlling the clock, and doing, doing it that way. They got away from that. And then you see what happened when you force Stetson to start swinging the ball all around the place. It ends up bad for you. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be in that situation, but... That's so what they put themselves in. So, um, you know, we'll see. But so, we've had disagreements about UCF and these group of five teams making it to the playoffs. Cincinnati finally made it. Were you happy about that? I mean, were you okay with it? I didn't care. I, honestly, I didn't really care. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I'm going to take it over, over Notre Dame. So, if they kept Notre Dame out, yeah, I'll throw a party. <laughs> what you want? It, what you want? Pizza? You want wings for the party? Yeah, I'll definitely throw a party if it kept Notre Dame out. But uh, I didn't really care, man. I mean, I, and then there was a talk about should Michigan be number one or should Alabama be number one? I'm gonna just say this: Alabama was number one. You know, they, they just destroyed Georgia, so I get it. But they're also number one because I think they want to send a message to the group of five schools. Because look, if you look, they were trying to get, they were trying to keep uh, Cincinnati out of this playoff, man. It's just, there's no denying they were trying to keep them out of the playoffs. You can see they kept, you know, they, they didn't even keep them in the first ranking. They progressively moved them up. And you could have made a case that they could have been number three after winning the conference after Georgia got blown out. And so Georgia could be four. But they didn't want that rematch. And then also, too, they want, you know, Alabama to take care of business and beat them bad so that we don't have to hear about this anymore. So that, and although Alabama has pretty much blown out everyone they played in the playoffs, except for Clemson. But they, they I mean, they, they, take advantage of everyone, but they're going to use this as, well, you see why a group of five schools shouldn't get in because they can't compete. Although Alabama's beat Michigan State, they beat Ohio State, they beat Clemson, so uh, eh, you know, but as far as the group of five, you know, it's good they get in. It's good for Cinderella. Cinderella is good in college basketball, so maybe Cinderella will be good in college football. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's awful to say, you know, right, this is why you shouldn't let a group of five team in. Who, I mean, if Notre Dame was in instead of Cincinnati, the same thing would happen. If Baylor was in instead of Cincinnati, you act like these other group of five teams, if another group of five team is in, something different is going to happen. No, it's not. And that's all I'm just saying. Like, I don't, they use this excuse, but, I mean, that was blown off pretty much everything they play. Not everyone, but they blown off by the team, so... And I personally think at this point, I think it's wrong to just say, you know, Cincinnati's more than just a group of five team. They're, they're, they have power five talent. They're not like, I mean, yes, they're in a group of five conference, but like, they're, they're, they're not a bunch of bums. Like, they have a bunch of, like, they're going to have like five, six guys that get drafted. They're, 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 like, they, they, they have better recruiting classes than a lot of power five schools. Like, they're not like, Luke, they're, they're, they're not a, they are a they're, they're a power they're a top twenty team in the country. Like they're not. It's, it's not like they're just oh like Cinderella's. These guys are never going to play in the league. They don't have anybody good. Like their quarterback's going to be a, a top fifty pick in the draft. I I, I get I get what you're saying. You're very true. They do have a very good program. They're still a group of five school. If you put them in a in a conference, if you put them in the SEC, as much as I talk about the SEC, they they they're not finishing toward the top. You put them in the Big Ten. They may finish towards the top just because the Big Ten's not as good. But they won't win it. They won't beat Ohio State. I don't think they beat Michigan. They wouldn't beat uh, Michigan State. You know, so they have good teams. They have good players. Uh, they're still good for five. But I agree, but you just mentioned the two best. I mean, there's three other conferences. I mean, there's still the Pac-12. I mean, is the Pac-12 that far from a group of five? But everybody says the Pac-12, the Pac-12. What's the difference between winning the American and the Pac-12? Like, I, I guess what I'm just saying, when people say, oh, it's a group of five, it's a group of five, everybody says, like, oh, the Pac-12. I mean, but nobody says it about, nobody says, I mean, the Pac-12, I mean, Oregon, like, was shameful. Like, last year, Chris, last year, Oregon won the Pac-12. There was no way Oregon should have won the Pac-12 last year. That was a tragedy. Okay, but last year, I mean, last year's COVID. I mean, that's. They were a tragedy this year. Their best team got blown out back to. <laughs> okay, but, but, but Indiana was towards the top of the Big Ten last year, man. So we, we can't count that. That's, that's, that was COVID. But I get what you're saying, though. The Pac 12 is not very good. I agree. But I'm not knocking them because they're different five schools. They're still a different five schools. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm just saying they're, is. They're going to be in the Power Five soon, so we'll win yeah. the Power Five. I, I guess what I'm just saying. The Big 12 ain't, is, you know, the most anyway. We'll, we'll, 
when we start getting into like group of five versus power five, like the ACC, I like the ACC and, and the Pac-12. I don't think it's like, oh my God, their teams are so much more talented from top to bottom. Like Big 12, yes. Big 10, yes. Uh, SEC, yes. But, but those two, uh, the Pac-12 and the ACC, it, it's not like they're, I, I don't think all from top to bottom, all those teams, their rosters are that far from the American. Particularly the Pac-12. Cincinnati? Yes. I, and actually, I would even tell you this. No. I, I think that... Let me put it to you this way. Cincinnati, the Americans closer to the Pac-12 than the Pac-12 is the Big Ten or the SEC. I don't know where You wouldn't. So you think that the Pac-12 is closer to the SEC? So, okay, who are the top teams in America? You got Cincy, Houston, Memphis took a step back this year. SMU, so SMU's in there, right? SMU's in the American, correct? They're SMU, SMU's not messing with them teams out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're not going to count SMU? <laughs> okay, that's... So we, we can count them. I'm just saying I don't think they're going to do as well as maybe Cincy or Houston would. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, they were borderline ranked, though. I mean, like... I don't think they would do super well, no. But, I mean, all these other Pac-12 schools, I mean, I don't think... I don't know how well they're doing either. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know, like Arizona, like. Well, Arizona's a dumpster fire, so you know we can't even count them. But so you would disagree. So you think that the Pac-12 is closer to the SEC than the American is to the Pac-12? No, I, no, I, didn't, no, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Pac-12 and the and the American are closer to each other than like the Pac-12 and the SEC. If you're talking about what a Power Five team conference is. Okay, well, yeah, but I still don't think the, the American is that close to the Pac-12. I mean, because you didn't think about it. Like, outside of Cincinnati, the rest of the team still don't have, like... Like, there's a difference between Power 5 talent and Group of 5 talent. That's and fair. there's no knockdowns, guys. But I still think that Pac-12 teams still have Power 5 talent. They still have the access to the top, top, you know, top-tier guys. So, I do think outside of Cincinnati, who recruits really well, there's still a difference. And, and I would agree with you, I would agree with you to that. I think the average Pac-12 team is probably more talented than the average American. I just, when we start, I guess the part that bothers me is when we start talking about, oh, like they're a group of five team. I would just like, okay, like if we're just going to do it that way, then like nobody's the SEC. Nobody's the Big Ten. Those conferences are further away than the other ones when we still say, oh, they're power five schools. Yeah. Like you could just say there's a Big Two and then there's like the Big 12. Like, I mean, like. But like, I mean, because then you're just propping up. Why are you propping up the ACC and the the, the Pac-12? What, what have they done? Particularly the like, like what's the Pac like? The Pac-12 is things. I mean, they they when the last time they got in the playoffs? Washington. Yeah, Washington, Oregon, Oregon got in. Oregon got in the playoffs. Yeah, the Mariota last Mariota year. They lost yeah, Ohio State. Oh, recently. <laughs> I mean, Washington wasn't recent. <laughs> Washington wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was a long time ago, Chris. I was a freshman in college. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a very long time ago. Alabama, though. What I do want to ask you this: Bryce Young, uh, Heisman. Is it close at all for you? Um, mm, no, I think he should win it. He's, he's been CJ CJ Stroud was really good this year, so no knock against CJ Stroud. But your team don't make it to the at least the conference kind of championship game. It's kind of hard. And Bryce Young had a really good game against Georgia, who at the time was the number one team in the country, best team in the country. You lit them on fire. Yeah, you deserve to win it. So what I want to do is I want to take a quick break and then kind of next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I want to talk a little NFL with Chris. Kind of next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Chris Critton with us, host of the Average Sports Guy Podcast. So, Chris, the Lions, 
They got their first win of the season against the Vikings. How excited are you feeling about the Lions now? How do I feel about the Lions? Yes. They suck. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say they suck. Okay, they suck. Bad. Have you been scarred being a Lions fan? Have, would you say you've been scarred being a Lions fan? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, yes, I've been very scarred being a Lions fan. It's not easy being a Lions fan, man. Not at all. But that's one team that's what I grew up with, so. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, okay, forget these bums. I don't want to be a fan anymore. Did you ever have that moment? Is there a moment that you can like pinpoint that was the closest you got to to being like I think I'm done for a while like I got to take a break this is too much. How much time you got? <laughs> you can elaborate for a bit on it. Twenty two thousand eight, they went longest, but I was young then, so I didn't really care as much. I mean, I care. Well, I probably cared more then than I do now, actually. So yeah, I would say on when they went on sixteen, because gosh, you know. Uh, 2014 was like just what the hell, you know. We finally get a chance to do something, and it's like all ripped, ripped out from us. That really hurt. Uh, let's see what else. Go see. Um, those are the two biggest, you know. I mean, we always lose. I mean, you get used to losing, so like, like I'm at the point where you know, what I'm saying like, so I'm at the point where I used to like, I would be upset and it ruin my day. That Lions lost. Now it's like whatever. They lose, they lose, they win, they win. It's okay. I ain't care. You know, it's just like whatever. I just. I just, I just come to accept that I know that they'll never really win anything. You know, you hope for them to win. You hope for them to do better. You want to see, you know, get good players. But deep down, you, you just know that nothing's going to really ever happen. And sure, you finally come to that realization um, until the 4 7 team, which not happening. So until you come to that, once you come to that realization, being a Lions fan is actually a lot better, you know. You cheer for them. If they win, they win. They lose, they lose, you know. Has Dan Campbell inspired any hope for you at all? Jesus Christ, no. I, I want him fired uh, at, before the game was over the other day. Oh, really? So you're not a Dan Campbell guy? No, and I, I, I gave him, I, I gave him every chance. I gave him chance after chance after chance. But he continues to have the worst late game management that I've ever seen. It, it's bad. I mean, the fourth, the fourth and two, awful. He's in games on third, we're th- third and twenty-three, running the ball. You know, he's going for it at the wrong times before, but I'm just like, oh my God, I know the roster's bad. And sometimes you got to do things that are different because the roster's so bad. There's other times like, dude, what are you doing? I find myself saying, dude, what are you doing? More than, oh, okay, that's cool. I like that. So, yeah, I mean, the team plays hard for him, but then he took over play call from Anthony Lynn, and he can't call plays. The play call has even gotten worse. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I gave him, I gave him a chance. I really did, but after the fourth and fourth and entrance fiasco the other day, that almost cost them the game, that they were lucky to win. Yeah, I was done with Dan Campbell. I'm sorry. I gave him every chance. I did. And I know it's only like the first year. It's like what week fourteen, week thirteen, week fourteen. But nah, I've seen enough. How long do you think he's gonna? Well, I've seen. I've seen enough because they 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 have one win on the season, right? Yeah. There are five games I can tell you right now that they should have won. They should be Baltimore, but he called it. T- Baltimore was really they were gonna they would have gotten to stop. Baltimore had no no idea. Baltimore said after the game, Dan Campbell called timeout, which is good for us, and let us catch our breath and get together. But he called a timeout, uh, ran a prevent and gave a fourth and nineteen. That's one loss they had. The Browns they lost by three to the Browns because of awful play call from Dan Campbell and Tim Boyle at quarterback against the Steelers. Jared Goff couldn't throw. He didn't put in David Blau in the game. They, they, I mean, they blew that game. They went, that was a tie. They were happy just not to lose. So that's three games right there. The Minnesota game, they lost in the late game, a uh, 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 late field goal. Thanksgiving against the Bears, they lost because it's all again awful late game management. So when you're a coach with a bad roster, you can't compound it. And you you can't lose games because of your coach. And they've lost several games because of their coach have put them in bad spots. How long do you think Dan Campbell is going to last in Detroit? He got a win now, and oh my god! Based off that disastrous video, I saw him and Sheila Ford, Sheila Ford Hamp jumping into his arms after winning a damn football game. He's probably been there forever. <laughs> so, when Dan Campbell was initially hired, were you like, okay, this is a nice change of pace for Matt Patricia, or 
or would you have rather kept Matt Patricia than this? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I actually say Dan Campbell uh, seven days a week and three times on Sunday before I ever let Matt Patricia touch my ball. We're in this spot now because of him. So, no, I, for all, as far as bad as Dan Campbell been, and I don't know if Patricia actually won games this first year, but Matt Patricia was just cancerous. I, I, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't do it. So you know what? I'd take Dan Campbell any day before I ever let Matt Patricia touch my football team again. Okay, so Chris, explain your beef with Matt Patricia. Oh, you're a rocket scientist? <laughs> or, or, or Captain Pencil, who, who has a pencil in his ear when he's using a laminate? I don't know if you can write a, a laminate with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, he came in. He alienated the entire locker room, which is dumb. Gosh. Uh, which is Patriot Way, which makes... There's no Patriot way unless you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I'm sorry. So he comes in to try to insert the Patriot way, alienates our best defensive player in Darius Slate, gets him out of there, gets Clyde Diggs out of there, Stacks Harrison's playing really well for us, gets Stacks Harrison to, you know, to pretty much not care about football anymore. I mean, he's just bad. And his Patriot way didn't work. So he comes in, and, like, I was also mad because we just had Jim Caldwell, and we weren't great. I think Caldwell, Caldwell's a good coach. He has a thing. You know, he got fired for winning, which is crazy because no Lions coach wins. He wins, he gets fired. Whatever. So he fired Caldwell. We, we, were, we were a good team. You know, we weren't great. We couldn't win a big game. So we just need a little bit to get over the hump. That's all. A little bit to get over the hump. Matt Patricia comes and now look at it. We literally went from, you know, making a playoffs a few times under Caldwell, winning eight, nine games a year, being steady to to dumpster fire. We're 1 10 and 1. So, and it's all because of Matt Patricia. So thanks, Matt Patricia. Do you think it was more like schematically, or do you think it was just more like he's just not a leader of men, he's not good with people, and people don't respect uh, him? He's an idiot, so, yeah, both. <laughs> were you a fan of the hire originally at all? Or you were no, like... I was not. No, I was not a hire. I, I, I said, if you get rid of Caldwell, you have to upgrade. That was my one caveat. I didn't. I wasn't mad you fired Caldwell because he couldn't, he, you know, couldn't do it in big games. Fine. But if you fire him, you have to upgrade. And we've seen time and time again... His patient assistance read Bill Belichick and they're no good. And we once again saw that Bill Belichick left and it was no good. I'm sorry, no, that Patricia left, Bill Belichick it was no good. Would you be okay if the Lions fired Dan Campbell and brought Codwell back? Mm. Yes and well no. I don't think it's I, I, don't, I think it's time to go. Like, I don't think he could do what he did again. Um, so, no, I don't think so. If you tell me that he's the same guy he was then, I'd take steady over what we have now, but I don't, I, no, I don't think so. So, who do you think should be the next coach of the Lions? Well, man, if I knew that, uh, I wouldn't be here to talk to you. I'd probably be somewhere, you know, gambling or, you know, trying to win the Mega Man numbers or something. Or who would you like? Who's a guy that you would like? Or have you not kind of thought about that yet? But who's a guy that you would... Nah, I haven't thought about it. I mean, Dan Campbell's not going anywhere, so i got to just accept it and maybe hope that he gets better. Uh, if I didn't, I don't know. I mean, I, I would have said Brian Dayball at one point, but those offense hasn't been so great this year. Oh, yeah, don't get me um, started on Brian Dayball. <laughs> you don't want so, him. Yeah, uh, you don't want him, Chris. Yeah. You don't want him. Yeah, man, so it's cool to say these... It's cool to say these hot young names, man, but... We don't really know. You know, it's hard to tell. So with Matthew Stafford, uh, quickly, were you ever were you one were you part of the Detroit contingent that was like, okay, this guy's really good. We're just not giving him the help he needs. Or were you more of like, this guy's not a winner. Can't win a playoff game. Can't get us the playoffs. Can't get a Super Bowl with this guy. Daryl, I'm gonna tell you something. And you know, you may call me a hater. I don't care. Matthew Stafford's a front runner. That's what he is. That's what he's always been. That's what he's always, what he always will be. He's a front runner. You know, and he came up with the excuses that, and and I, I even said this when he, when he got traded. You know, I was fine with him being traded. It was time for both teams to move on. It wasn't good. It was never going to work in Detroit because there were times when Stafford, you know, Stafford let the Lions down. There's time the Lions let Stafford down, and I just think that it was both sides. Both things can be true, and we just, just realized both things can be true. The people never wanted to admit that both things are true. That Stafford, at times, didn't play well in big spots, in big moments. And again, sometimes the Lions didn't give him enough talent. It went both ways, but no one ever, no one wanted to ever admit that 
everyone always wants to, you know, blame the Lions and make the Lions a punching bag, but that's not fair to make the Lions a punching bag when Stafford had plenty of chances to win a big game and never did it. Now he's out in L.A., they keep getting him, and they game. Same thing with in Detroit. Stafford never has enough help. They got to get Odell Beckham Jr. They got to get him five minutes. They got to get all these things from Matthew Stafford, and then, then when it comes to the big game, what's his big – I mean, they beat Tampa early in the year. Okay, I give them that. They lost to Arizona, lost to Tennessee, lost to uh, Green Bay, and they lost one more game. Uh, um, San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. And San Francisco is not, you know, not great. So, And he hasn't looked good in any of those games. He's looked awful. It's the same thing with Detroit. And then, and then oh, oh, and then he, he goes on and does his interview. He's all, all cheap, you know, LA, LA love story. And they start off real hot. They look real good beating the bad teams. And they finally play some good teams. And then what happens? And then he's like, well, you know, I just wanted to get out of Detroit. I wanted to tell him to play good in the big game and this and that. Well, you got the big games now, Matt. What you doing? What you doing, Matt? How, how good you looking in the big games now, Matt? Not so hard, is it? Not so good, is it, Matt, that, you know, just, just be what it be. He could have just say, came out and said, you know what? You know, my time in Detroit was fun. I loved it, you know. We just, we just couldn't get it done. And left it at that. But, no, he wanted to go on and say he wanted to play in the big moments. And he said that. He wanted to play in primetime and not just a one o'clock game. Well, all the primetime games I've seen from Matthew Stafford this year have looked hideous. So, I mean, you know, hey, but I'm just a hater, I guess. So, I'm just to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and they, 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 they brought me to L.A. to not, not to win a, uh, not to be in a wild card. They brought me to L.A. to win the division and get their home playoff game. So, be careful because you got to go to Green Bay. We know he ain't winning that game. So, you better, I mean, he got a chance to beat Arizona this week. You play another bad game against Arizona. I don't know what you're gonna say because he again another bad loss against a good team, and they're gonna be in a wild card fighting for their lives. And you think you got you think he's gonna go on the road and win three games in the playoffs? Yeah, good luck. If he does it, I'll be the first to congratulate him. I'll be the first to say I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm gonna be wrong. So that's a lot there. Uh, it was a lot. My bad, <laughs> Matthew. So. Matthew Stafford, uh, why do you think he hasn't been able to play big in those big moments? He just don't have what it takes. I mean, and it's just something simple. Some guys just don't have what it takes. When, 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 the when the lights are bright, the camera's on you, some guys just don't handle it. And I think he's one of those guys that when it's, when it's time to shine, he just can't do it. I don't know, you know really why, but some guys just aren't, aren't, aren't made for that, and it's clear that he's not. Do you think he's overrated? Um, like I don't know where he'd be rated to say he's overrated. Like, what would you, what would you say? Like, what would you rate him? I think I'd say he's a top ten quarterback personally. Top ten? Yeah, I'd say he's top ten. No, I don't think that's all right. That's all right. I mean, look at it. Right. No, I don't think that's too far. Now I wouldn't say he's, he's pretty more towards ten. He's closer to ten than, than like one. But yeah, I'll give you that. So I don't think he's overrated. I mean, hey, I, I, there are some people who have him in their top five. I think that's probably pushing it. Maybe the beginning of the year he was playing at that level. I think he's died down to where you can't. Against who? Against who, Who is he playing against? <laughs> Look at all the teams he beat. He beat the Lions. He beat the Bears. He beat, um... He did beat the Bucks. They did They did take the Bucks to task. Math, okay, and you know, that's a very compelling argument. Do you think, now I, I want to post it to you this way, post it to you this way. 
Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff. How much better do you think Stafford is than Goff? Or do you not see that big of a difference in Detroit now? Okay, now that's that's two. Di- I mean, come on now, that's two different worlds. Come on, Jared Goff is not good. Oh well, hey, hey, there are a lot of people. Hey, Chris, I know a lot of people who swear by Jared Goff. and say, well, they were both number one picks. So you are saying though that there's there's clear levels between those guys. Yes, there's levels. Jared Goff can't even sit in the same table as Matthew Stafford. <laughs> So Jared Goff is you. You just don't you don't understand anything about Jared. So you just think Jared Goff sucks. Yes, he does. There's no thing. He he does. Do you do, do you watch him play football? I I agree it's with hard. you. I I, it's I think hard. it's I, very hard to watch him play football. I I, I think okay. it told you what Sean McVay thought of him when he decided to have John Wolford in the game instead of him in a playoff game. Yes, it, it showed a lot. <laughs> that, 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 that showed you <laughs> and how happy he was when Matthew Stafford came I've never seen Sean McVay gush about a guy so much oh my god Matthew Stafford's here we don't have to deal with Jared Goff anymore he sucks <laughs> like you can see he was like a guy that got out of a bad relationship a super toxic relationship he's in with the new girl I was like I'm so happy I'm so happy <laughs> that's the way Sean McVay really was it was like no it's no exaggeration that's definitely how it was he definitely was excited to be uh, he definitely was excited there was no question about that. He definitely uh, was. He didn't to get Jerry Goff by the time. He probably packed Jerry Goff's bags. <laughs> I can't. Hey, hey, hey I, I'll. To, to till this day, the moment in that wild card game when they say Jerry Goff is quote unquote hurt, they just have him be the backup. They have John Walford. Now, folks, I just want to put this out there. John Walford had a LinkedIn. This, this dude was on the streets. He's bagging groceries, man. <laughs> yeah, my man's had a LinkedIn. And. He's like, listen, you're going to be the starter. And Jared, they're going to have Jared Goff sit on the bench. That was an excuse. He didn't want to start Jared. John Walford had to get sent to the hospital for him to be like, damn. I guess you're in, kid. Which is actually right because, you know, the guy was drafted number one. I, I don't know how he was drafted number one. I think that's actually. And I think Sean McVay made him look a lot better than he actually was. And you are seeing that now in Detroit, how bad he is. Uh, Detroit's probably going to go for a quarterback in the draft, right? No, 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 no. Oh, oh no. No. So you'd rather run it back with golf? Yeah. Really? So I, I, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are any good, man. I don't. Really? I'd rather just stick it out with golf, you know? Like, can we get Tim Boyle? David Blow? I don't know. I, I, or we can maybe trade for a guy, but I, that's why I hate they extended, they extended Jared Goff another season. They didn't have to. They could just let his contract play out and be done. But, no, I, I, I don't. No. You don't like any of the quarterbacks? No, I don't like any of them. I, I think uh, I think Corral's pretty good, personally. Yeah, okay. He's, what, 5'10"? <laughs> and check with me offense. One read and go. Yeah, I'll pass. Chris is like I'm not I'm I'm done with him. Uh, Malik Willis, a lot of people like him. I'm not as big a fan of Malik. We are comparing him to Lamar Jackson. Willis blows. He blows. <laughs> you cannot compare Lamar Jackson. I'm just <laughs> Lamar Jackson can't actually. I mean Lamar he does struggle sometimes. Lamar Jackson can actually basketball. I saw Malik Willis struggle to beat University of Louisiana Monroe, and I knew everything I need, needed to know about him. So, I knew everything I needed to know about Malik Willis after that game. So you think all these quarterbacks suck? I do. I don't think I mean Kenny Pickett's all right, but I don't think he's I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I don't. I don't see a franchise quarterback in this draft. What if you can get Kenny? Maybe. What if you can get Kenny Pickett in the second round? I mean, the Lions have. I mean, if this team wasn't so bad, I'd say yes. But the team sucks, so I mean, they're bad. I mean, they're they're dude, they're really bad. They are bad. So I don't think you can afford to waste the draft pick. I feel like Kenny Pickett needs to be a wasted draft pick. I mean, and I could be wrong. He may turn out to have a very nice pro career. But uh, if I can hold out one more year and have my trade between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I'm holding out one more year. Well, no, wait. Never mind. Well, yeah. They're both going to be draft eligible because C.J. Stroud's a redshirt freshman right now. So they're both going to be. Well, they're both freshmen. freshmen no. Freshmen. I mean, Bryce Young's a true sophomore. Uh, Shroud is a, tr- a retro freshman, so they're going to be at draft eligible next year. Okay, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the case then. Okay, if I, I'll hold on another year for those two. Yeah, I'll definitely, yeah, if that's the case, then I'll just wait till next year. And uh, I'll take a chance with one of those two guys. Who would you, I'm not touching 
Are, are you thinking the Oregon defensive end then? Oh, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, that is true. The Detroit connection. I thought they'd have to trade down for Aiden Hutchinson, though, right? I mean, they wouldn't. They don't have no one big. So. I mean, I know, but could you see him going over? You think he would actually go over the the Oregon D end? It's possible. It's definitely possible. So you're really high on Hutchinson then? Uh, not necessarily, yeah, but I think that looking at the looking at it, um. Hudson's going to be a top five pick for sure. Maybe number one, number two. Right now, he is. It depends on how he tests his combine. So, we'll see. But he's definitely a top five pick. And they're right there neck and neck. I mean, Hudson's... I think Hudson's a good player. His motor is is insane. I think that's what awesome. He needs to develop more pastoral skills for sure. But right now, I mean, he's doing really well. Thibodeau's good. He you know he, he has the frame and the athleticism and everything that it takes to be really good in the NFL. He has the skills. He doesn't have the motor and he doesn't have to go. And just have a good season this year, so we'll see. You know, with uh, the combine coming up, and then they're gonna, you know, ask some questions to get into it. So, but I think one of those two guys will be number one pick because there's no quarterback to be number one. So, and with Lions, if they ever had number one pick, um, it looks it looks like it's gonna happen. Who do you think? Who do you think's gonna be the highest rated quarterback in this draft? Like the highest uh, drafted? Can't pick it. You think he's gonna be the only first rounder? So Chris is like, beware. There are some trash dudes in this draft. Be- so, so if the first pick is Matt Corral, you're going to lose your mind. Yes, which means the Lions took number one. So I'm definitely going to lose my mind, yes. <laughs> no, so Chris would not be a fan of that move. Uh, in terms of Bryce Young versus CJ Shroud, who do you like better in terms of a pro prospect? I do think that you've seen him get better um, with Justin Fields. He's getting a lot better this year. That's how he's going on. I think you've seen him get better just because they have quarterbacks they've had him involved. They didn't necessarily have passion before. They had runners who maybe could pass a little bit. Passing was the first passer, and he obviously wasn't good in the NFL. But playing that Ohio State offense is kind of tough. So maybe I may lean a little bit towards Bryce Young's from that simple fact. Um, but, you know, they both have pro receivers that they're into, so it makes life easy for them. But, ah, man. Based off the Ohio State pass, I know I shouldn't do that, but I think I'm going to roll Bryce Young just a little bit more. Are you shocked how good Mac Jones has been? Okay, here we go. How good is Mac Jones? Like, not even trying to be snarky, just be honest. With you. I think how he's. I think he's... Top a top fifteen to sixteen quarterback in the NFL probably. That's not saying a whole lot. I mean, but. for a rookie quarterback, the one of the I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, he's a rookie. I mean, I think he's. I think he look. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing his job. He's been better than all the other guys. That's not saying a whole lot. Zach Wilson is not good. Trevor Lawrence has been awful. He's been okay. Those well, I mean, mediocre. And who, who else we got? Uh, Trey Lance, Lance, right? Trey Lance. Well, he doesn't even play anymore. So, I mean, to say he's been the best of a bunch that hasn't been good does not say a whole lot. I mean, but he he he's he's doing his job. But like, like case in point, Monday Night Football, he throws three passes in a game, and that was some old Mac Jones has won since the games to start. Yo, you throw you throw three passes in the game. I'm supposed to give you credit for winning that game. I'm sorry, I'm not. So he's been doing his job. He's been getting the job done so far, but. I'm just not sold that Mac Jones is just a great quarterback. He's okay. You know, he's, 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 he didn't throw the ball down to that often. So he's just doing what he's supposed to do. Good. But I don't think that makes him just that great of a quarterback. So when, he's, when you say how good he's been, he's been okay. He's been maybe good. But I just don't think he's just that good. But I don't think that's necessary. But is that – should you expect so much more from a rookie QB in his first year? Do you expect him to be extraordinary? That, that's true. Maybe the better way for me to pose this is: Are you? Did you think he would be the best? Play at the be, play the best out of all these guys. Does it shock you how well he's played as opposed to maybe what other people thought of him coming into the draft? No, just because he's in the best situation. 
this situation was better than anyone else out there. I mean, clearly better than anyone else out there. It wasn't even close. I think, well, I think the Niners just... Jacksonville's not good. Chicago's a dumpster fire. The 49ers, with Trey Lance isn't really playing, and he had a lot lot to grow. A lot of, you know, he needs to grow a lot, you know. Um, So that was a part of it, too. And then you look at Zach Wilson, the Jets aren't good either. So it doesn't surprise me that Mac is having the most success just simply because he's in the best situation. That's true. I, I I would agree with that. I, I don't think though that the talent that New like I don't think New England's offense is like super talented though. I don't think it's like they're they're they, short. Make, they make life easy for a quarterback, and he's doing a good job at that. I'll, I'll say that. And that's true. I mean, dude, if, they, if you're throwing five team passes all the time, I mean, I hope you can make. I hope you connect on those. That's true. But I think there's an issue where Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson aren't even make doing that. Oh, I yeah, I agree with that. He was Trevor Lawrence was drastically overrated, drastically overrated. Not that he won't be good, not that he won't be be great, but he was drastically overrated as the best QB prospect ever, and all this stuff. That was that was a fallacy. I agree. I don't think that Justin Fields is that far. I think Justin Fields is good, but Matt Nagy's an idiot. That's why he's going to be fired, and he doesn't deserve to be. Oh, yeah, I agree. Actually, I, 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 I would tell you the only two quarterbacks that I'm actually for sure I think can have success in the NFL are Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I, I don't know about the other three. It's not even Trevor. I don't know about Trevor. I've seen enough from Justin where I think, like, Justin, if Justin had, like, people who weren't idiots around him, I think Justin could be, like, would look a lot better. Like, I've seen enough. I'm good with Justin. I've seen enough from Justin. And I've seen enough from Mac. I, 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 can, I don't know about Trevor or Zach. I'm still not sold on Trevor. Well, I knew Zach wasn't going to be good. I, I mean, that was just, you know. Trevor, I think he just. Well, Zach's hard to tell. I mean. I think where Trevor was the fact that he was just, he came on and had his really good freshman year. And from that point on, you could never really. I let, you, you're not going to top when he did his freshman year winning a national championship and just being, you know, that much better than anyone else. And on a really good team. And a team over the past, the next few years, wasn't as good as it has been in the past. I mean, that, that, the championship team that they had wasn't as good as, um, you know, was a lot better than the other two teams that they had in the following two years, which I think hurt them. And I think he just, I mean, if he could have gone pro after a freshman, he would have done it. And he couldn't, so he had to come back, and that only gives people more film to watch him work, ways to criticize you, you know, more this and that. And then he's hyped up as the next great quarterback, and so it was like he has a high – I've set high expectations to live up to, and he can't live up to it right now. His team isn't good. His coach's out there uh, fishing at the bar every night, you know, with ladies he doesn't need to be around. So, um, you know, it's hard as well. I think it'd be good uh, once he gets, you know, maybe a little bit better teammates around him and a little bit better situation. But, again, now if everybody gets fired, then what do you do? He's going to have a second coach and a second coordinator, office coordinator in uh, – Two year, in a year time, so. I guess my thing with Trevor is I think you can l- clearly look at Trevor and see that he's like raw, like he is raw. Oh, for sure, for sure. And like he. And it wasn't fair to him that everyone just made him out to be just made him out to be the Messiah. Yeah. But he's, he's got a lot of work on. Yeah. So it wasn't fair to him. He's raw, and I don't know. In terms of Zach Wilson, I, I still don't know if it, I, I'm as sold as Trevor as I am on Zach at this moment. I, I don't. Fair I, I and, right, and Trey Lance. Actually, right, come on, come no, on. I'm serious. And Trey Lance. Zach Wilson, you know, I knew he was going to be good. Trey Lance, Jerry's still up. Oh, I, actually, Trey Lance is the one I don't like the most. I, I'm, I'm out on Trey Lance. For me, I'm out on Zach Wilson. I'm not out on Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance hasn't really gotten a chance to play. Well, when he, he did play, play I, I didn't think... He, he wasn't great, but I mean, okay. But he's wrong than all... Like, he, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I will say this. You, you know kind of fast whether or not a guy is good or not but you still have to give him the time to see whether he's good like you know like when guys come into the league you know Lamar Jackson when he first got his start he was good Justin Herbert came in good uh, Joe Burrow came in good Tua it takes some time so generally you know right away whether a guy is good but some guys take a little bit longer to get used to the game and get used to it so you see something but why don't we you give see, Zach you see hmm? why don't we give Zach that benefit of the doubt though well, I, I mean, I don't need to know. I mean, I I just knew. I mean, from Zach, it was in college. It was very apparent that he wasn't that good, or wasn't not, wasn't worthy of being number two pick in the draft. That was very clear. 
I mean, I think the same thing about Trey Trey Lance, though. I don't think I don't understand how he. I, I thought Trey Lance was a second round guy. Just the, I mean, the, the, the Carson Wentz angle, and then just the talent. I mean, he, he's a really strong arm, you know, big frame guy that can run the football. So take a shot at it, and if you fail, you fail. But you take, you took a shot and see where it goes for you. But I mean, he was a dude that was recruited to be like a safety in high school, and only, and, and he only threw like ten passes a game when they won the national championship and did the Division One A. And then he went a whole year without throwing a single pass, and he was already raw. And then he comes in, everybody like. I'm just saying. I, 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 I'm just saying. Like he was throwing ten passes a game the one time he started. Like that. That North Dakota I, State. I no, I, I, I get it. I get it. But you, you take a look at the, the potential that guy had. You could, you could make it click. I mean, the guy would be really good. So you got to take it. Somebody got to take a gamble to see. So you were really unsold on Zach. That's actually interesting. I'm a lot. I think I'm, I was a lot higher on Zach than you then. Well, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think he's also might be in the worst situation. <laughs> he is in a worst situation, but he's just not good. So, I mean, couple, I mean both, you know, the double negative there. <laughs> he's like, he's just not good. Uh, no, I, I, a lot of people had concerns about him coming out of BYU. That was... And he has a small frame. I think that's also my... He has a small frame. I don't know if he's going to be able to, like, stay healthy. Small frame, didn't play anybody. I mean, come on now. The I mean, list goes on and on. It was right away. You know, he's really flashy, and he makes a lot of, like, oh, wild plays, but then he doesn't make a simple play. A lot of his players were just, like, scrambled it. So, you know what I mean? You get away with the NFL. You can play in BYU, be the best athlete in the NFL, of course. But when it comes to the NFL, you're not doing everything. Like, being able to scramble, going to run, all this stuff, it's not good. It's not fun in the NFL. That is very true. That is very true. But the one thing I will say, though, is the people that he was compared to, people were comparing him to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Both those guys came into much better situations and got a well, chance to sit. Well, I'm just saying, but nobody thought Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes would be what they were when they were in college. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was in junior college and then went to Cal. Very true. However, that was very true. But for him to be compared to them, for him, because of, to now, no. Chris, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. It's great. Thank you so much. Every time was great, man. Every time was a great time. And once again, I want to thank Chris Critton for coming on the podcast. I always appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 363rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.